Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. (laughs) Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We've reached the end of another week. Donald Trump has broken off relations with Iran but arranged for a summit next month with North Korea. The head of the pro-Brexit group Leave.UK has been referred to the police following an investigation into overspending during the referendum campaign and Theresa May has just handed out 50 million quid to 163 grammar schools in England, something that is dividing the nation this morning and we'll be talking about it of course. We'll be taking your calls on whether she's made a massive blunder uh, or whether in fact she should be getting her way and building more grammar schools up and down the country. 03444991000. Coming up later on, we'll be looking ahead to Eurovision weekend and finding out why it's actually good for you and what on earth we're going to do if there actually is a war of some kind because there's a 4.9 billion uh, pound black hole in the defence budget and we haven't got enough money to actually build anything. 03444991000. And because it's Friday, we'll have another sparking edition of the Perrier Awards, even though Katie's not here, so it'll be a chance for Daisy to showcase my broadcasting brilliance. Uh, you're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The first of many Eurovision tracks to get you in the mood for tomorrow night. Um, that sounds to me like the Irish entry. I have no idea what it is. And what, I have no what can you idea. tell us what it I've, is? I quite like it. I found it's the British one. Oh, okay, that's good. Oh, What's well, her name? Are. Is it Sue? It sounds like they're singing in broken English, though. Well, it's, she, she, she's got that slight sort of cause esque yes. wobble. Yes, to the, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the British entry then. So oh, that's right. That's, that, that sounds I haven't, typically I mean, upbeat. I, I guess it's proof that I don't listen to very much music radio. I haven't heard that song before at all. I, I'm forced to listen to a lot with the kids, really? and I haven't heard it. I the, is your daughter a fan then? Does she like it? No, well, I haven't heard it before. Oh, I see. So I don't think it's being played on the on the trendy. On the trendy radio stations, yeah. no, of course, including, of course, Virgin, which is downstairs. I, don't, I certainly haven't heard it in the lift no. when I've been coming up here. No. But uh, we've got loads of calls to take. We want to take them all, 0344 499 1000. Quite a lot of people in support of grammar schools out there at the moment. Uh, here's one from Senior who says, in co- I come from a council estate in rural Cumbria and went to a grammar school. If I hadn't, I wouldn't have had the life chances I've had. And people saying grammars make no difference are talking out of the ideology of mediocrity and not supporting excellence. And I suppose you'll say that, uh, you know, 
know, again, somebody probably from the past when grammar schools were a thing uh, before they all got done away with by the Labour Party um, is a very different case to what we are now facing here. What what we want from an education system is social mobility. You want to make sure, sure. that kids, you know, who come from you know the more vulnerable families, you know, the lower income bracket families can do as yeah. well as but the that kids was very who much come... but this is my point that was very much the case when I went to grammar school now I know you're going to say well that was then and this is now but why can't we do the same thing now why can't we mirror the way that grammar schools were uh, when I went well if we could start from scratch and have you know there be a grammar school that every single kid could get into that might work the problem also then is you you're setting off that cut off at 11 and the kids that don't get in yeah. pretty much are destined to dead end jobs well they I go mean, to that, secondary moderns or whatever but you can also take the other argument which is that if you take some very intelligent kids and you put them in a classroom with a load of dunces right you're going to end up with the intelligent kids not achieving what they should because they're going to be dragged down no but what nick was saying is that that doesn't happen to the intelligent kids the intelligent kids will do well pretty much wherever they are. It's the rest of the kids that really Yeah, but I think Nick really was a bit don't. confused. I mean, Nick, first of all, said that it was not proven that there was a better outcome for people that went to grammar schools uh, than people who didn't. And in fact, then he was forced to reverse that when I said, well, hang on, you just said that, uh, that actually people who go to grammar schools have a much greater advantage later in life. No, but I think I don't think the two are necessarily uh, necessarily counteract each other because those kids, if they had gone to a grammar school or to a good secondary school uh-huh. would have done well. The problem that you have is the huge disparity between the grammar schools and particularly as he was saying in the local areas, the grammar schools do damage the quality of education around it. The donut around the grammar school really suffers because the grammar school sucks the brightest pupils and the best teachers because yep. they get they Well, get there's a reason for that. So, so why not have more grammar schools? I mean, all these are arguments for more grammar schools, it seems to me. Let's go to the phones. 0344 499 1000. Ray is in crew. Hello, Ray. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello. What would you like to tell us, Ray? Well, I was an ex-grammar school boy. I went in the 60s. Right. And I think that, that Nick, I can't remember, sir. Nick Brook, I think it was. Piffle, actually, in all honesty. Mm. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of people that are talking today didn't go to the old-style grammar system. No. And I'm the same as you. I was from a working-class background. And I think every, nearly every boy I went to, it was an all-boys school in yep. those days, Yeah was from a working-class background. Sure. We were from a council estates. We were from everywhere. Now, w- when we were there, I don't know if you were the same, there was sort of four or five streams of intelligence. That's right. Yeah, we had three, yeah. Yeah, and it was the same at the secondary modern. Now, the, the, the way I see it, the boys were at the top stream at the grammar school and the lads at the bottom of the, the, the stream in the secondary modern. How could you teach those in the same school? Right. The same... So you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have taught Joey Essex with Stephen Hawking, would you? Let's be honest about it. Exactly. And I think the benefits uh, were in those days there was a grammar school in every town. There wasn't... They taught today as though oh well, you're limited there's only a certain amount of, uh, of places for grammar schools. Every town had a grammar school. Yeah. I'd say I was in North, which you've got Sandbatch Altringham, we played rugby, you know, we used to play rugby. So there was a grammar school for everybody to go to. Right. And I think if there were more grammar schools, as you're saying, it would benefit It would benefit everybody. Well, I think so. And I think part of the problem is because it's such a limited a number of places where yeah. you can go to grammar schools, that kind of skews the whole system, I think. And, and I mean, Daisy's arguments are all valid, but I think rather than being arguments for getting rid of all grammar schools, I think it's arguments for making more of them. Yeah, 
I, th- I mean, grammar school, if you look at the history, they were originally set up for working class people. Yeah. They were set up for the, the wealthy went to public schools, yeah, exactly. didn't they? The, you know, the upper middle class went to public schools. It was the ordinary working person. They, the grammar schools were built to benefit them, and I believe that they did. I mean, my children went to comprehensive, and my, obviously my grandchildren do. But I, I think the system today is flawed. I mean, if you remember, uh, we used to do... GCE, an O-level, it's called a GCE. And yeah. used to have a lower lower um, exam called a CSE. Yes, I remember and what that, yeah. they did, when they brought uh, comprehensives in, nobody could pass the GCEs anymore, right. so they made a GCSE right. that was a lower... Edu- That's a exactly lower, right, um, you had forgotten about that. But, but, but yeah, Ray, but as I was... I bet you, Matt, sorry, I bet you, Matt, if you look at a GCSE maths, go online and look, and look at it from ten years ago, I think you would laugh compared to the GCE yeah. that you probably did. Well, uh, I mean, I see... I mean, to be fair, it. actually, I see some of the maths homework that my son, who's 13, gets, and yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. it, may have got, it may have improved a little bit with Michael Gough. I don't know. I yeah, mean, in fact, in fact, so but much I, so I that... I certainly say at one time it was a lot... You know, the standard was a lot lower. And, and it's, employers say this, don't they, mm. that the standard of education has dropped. So I don't believe that you can teach all children at the same level no. in the same school. I think it's difficult. It is. I do agree with that. But, Ray, what you were saying about you know the, the, the point of grammar schools being able to take a child from a working-class background and give yeah. them the best possible education is absolutely valid in theory. The trouble is it doesn't happen nowadays because you know people are using their money to get into grammar schools. Obviously, you don't pay to go to a grammar school, but you use your money in other ways, in tuition fees and being able to buy a house within the catchment area. And when you look at the statistics, so 14% um, of children across the board in, um, secondary state schools have free school meals, which is obviously the best indicator of their income bracket. But in grammar schools, it's two point six percent are on free school meals, which really shows you the social, the lack of social mobility nowadays in grammar schools. And that's the problem I have is that they're not doing ideologically what you and Mike want them to do. And I don't think, and I think that's why they're not working anymore. I mean, I haven't heard that music helps you revise before this, but certainly we know that it has many benefits in terms of therapy, in terms of helping, like the Nordoff Robbins charity helps, um, you know, children who aren't very well to kind of, you know, allow themselves to get back into uh, a, a kind of life that they can that they can appreciate. We know that it helps Alzheimer's patients, dementia patients. It's it's mm-hmm. a fascinating well, it area, isn't it? Exercise. I mean, we all have exercise yeah. playlists, yeah. don't we? When you're at the gym or well, I don't actually have run. an exercise playlist, no, but I have a lot of other playlists. <laughs> but is that things. is that because you don't do any exercise? Yes, that's precisely. <laughs> Well, you've already touched on so many, many elements of music there already. It it does. It very much um, helps people access their worlds around them. And that's a lot about um, music therapists think a lot about that when we're working in educational settings is how can we best support children and young people to support, to access their education? How can we optimise music to help them access their learning? And you were talking about motivation there. That, that's exactly at the heart of this story, really, isn't it, about studying mm. and how you get motivated and how you focus and concentrate. And really, because what we're trying to do is create the optimal conditions to ensure most effective learning and music very much can do this for us it can help to motivate focus and concentrate our minds but you also talked about something else earlier about that you know whether it's really loud banging music or whether it's relaxing music and that's where the research is really contradictory because the evidence some evidence shows that listening to music is really effective and others says silence 
but actually it's much more about knowing your relationship music and working out what your mind does with the music and how it works for you so it's understanding the music you're listening to and does it distract you does it motivate you does it uh, help you focus and concentrate or does it hyper relax you and send you into this really chilled out state where actually you're not you're not tuned into learning so it's about kind of facilitating your optimal studying conditions through the tailored use and choices of music. So Grace, it seems to me that you're saying that's different for different people and you've got to work out what works for you. But are there sort of general rules if, you know, particularly if you're talk, you know, my 12-year-old, I don't think would know herself well enough to be able to know what effect sure. music, because she just likes music that her friend that's mm. cool and trendy and right. all the rest of it. She's not that yeah. sophisticated. So if, are there sort of general rules that tend to apply to most people? Definitely. So as you say, the effect varies from person to person. But often one of the biggest challenges to studying is being motivated. So in the case of your daughter, she may not want to sit down and study for a couple of hours. But by listening to some of her favourite music, that gets into a really good state of mind. And then it may be that she switches to a different type of music, because what has been shown through evidence is that if you're listening to music where it's steady and there's a repetitive, constant pulse, and the music isn't played too loudly, and there's simple patterns in it, then it allows um, your brain to use that as a focusing tool rather than it becoming the focal point of your activity and lets you focus on the task in hand, which is studying and, and absorbing the information you're trying to learn. Because music is full of patterns and structures, and um, for some people that can act like a framework um, upon which to hang key things to remember. Mm. So it's a bit like people who learn visually. Um, those who learn orally through sound, they create sound maps that help them to remember and retain information. So you're learning by association. So are, are, so, are they? Sorry, to, are they creating these sound maps, as you call them, in in rhythm? Is this a sort of dum de dum de dum in, in rhythm to the music, or is it not, yeah, not like that? Absolutely. It can, it, for some people, it's very. that's how they retain words, is, is by locking into the rhythm. And I think that's what happens with music. We pick up on the different elements of it. So if you have this constant rhythm, that just, that just helps to focus the mind and it doesn't distract it. Because one of the things when you're studying can be feeling distracted. Whereas actually, if you've got music on in the background that just creates a sound world for you. So we know that there's lots of composers whose playlists spike at this time of the year who create that kind of easy on the ear classical music that sort of puts you into a relaxed state where, you know, your brain's relaxed. There's been enough dopamine released, which means that you're taking away the tension and anxiety, which lets you get on with focusing and, and attending to what you're trying to do. And does it help with the sort of level of concentration? Because a lot of people, particularly in, in the modern world in which we now live, say uh, they have trouble kind of keeping their attention span on something. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you know that there's a particular piece of music that lasts for a certain amount of time and you're thinking, right, I need, I need a motivator to get me through the next half an hour. OK, I can put on this piece of music. Then it sort of helps with time management because then you think, well, I, I know I've got half an hour to focus and then I can have a break at the end of that. Okay, so it, it can help you break things into chunks and make it more manageable. Right. And what about the, the, the helpfulness of it for, say, dementia patients? Because we've been hearing as well that it can have a role in kind of helping people to remember things because they obviously would associate certain memories maybe with a piece of music. Yeah, absolutely. So we know that music permeates all layers of our lives and that... Um, we, when we're having experiences, there's often music around those experiences. So when you're working with somebody living with dementia, using music as a way in to connect with them can help 
bring them back to those moments and then bring, draw them into the present moment with you. So you can find that you can start having a conversation about those memories. And then that person is with you. They're focused. And a bit a bit like studying, it helps to focus the mind. It, it, it helps it to, to really sort of tune in to that particular moment and that person that they're with. And it comes back fundamentally to relationships. And that's what music does for all of us. It facilitates relationships. Yes, I heard some very um, moving phone-ins yesterday about people living with dementia and Alzheimer's. I think, mm. um, and Because of the Barbara Windsor story. Because of yeah. the Barbara Windsor story, exactly. Mm. And, and there was one person talking exactly, Grace, as you were saying, that with their relative, they had found um, music so powerful that they couldn't, you know, that the, the, um, their relative was quite far gone and, and didn't recognise anybody, you know, had, had lost most um, of their faculties. But when they played music, particularly music from that person's youth, so, you know, ballroom music or the Beatles, mm. whatever it mm. was, you know, from, from quite... You know, um, that suddenly they their eyes lit up and they they were sort of completely changed by it. Right, very powerful. It, stuff. I mean, it can, I mean, I, it, I mean, it's partly tumbling down to the good weather sometimes. But you know, if you sort of get in the car and the weather's nice and you open the windows and you're playing music, you know, it gives you a very very good feeling, doesn't it? Particularly if that music yeah. means something to yeah. you personally, if it brings yeah. back a memory um, or a moment. That's exactly it. It's about the meaningful of it meaningfulness of it to you and and that and you know so it's about your relationship with music and that helps you then know how to use it at certain times in your life so you know there might be times when you need to turn to it as a sort of comfort and there might be other times when you need it as a bit of a pick-me-up and and we all have that relationship with music and, and some of us are more in tune with that than others but it, understanding that can help us make the most of, of how we engage with it. It'll be interesting for the kids who are studying at the moment using particular playlists because yeah. in years to come when they hear those songs they'll just go spill well, the journalists... straight back to revising what? it'll be an unhappy yeah. memory. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Anyway, One of the did. writers in the Times, Lisa Verico, wrote a piece today in which she said that whenever she hears Ed Sheeran, she knows her daughter's studying because her daughter studies constantly just to Ed Sheeran music, yeah. you know, and she's 16. Well, so. people are making a lot of money from this because um, yeah. there's a like, Brain FM um, who specifically broadcast, you know, um, study music. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so, and yeah. then um, Spotify and YouTube are, you know, they've got loads of studying music, music collated specifically yeah. for studying. Well, I was reading about some pianist called Ludo. Vico Einaudi, who apparently has more Spotify followers than Mozart, which is, I suppose, something. Yeah, and I think that that sort of alludes to the research around uh, students are more likely to perform better when they're listening to classical music yeah. as it aids their spatial and linguistic processing. And that's because if, when there's vocals um, in music, it can often... Um, confuse the mind because it's like you're having two people talking to you at the same time so you're trying to take in words on the page yeah and you've got words going into your ears so actually your brain then um gets confused and doesn't know where to focus so sometimes stripping the music back a bit which is what i now do does it's very simple music in terms of harmony it's not very complex and it's quite rhythmically um predictable it means that it's not too much of a, a distraction so it means that your brain can focus on the task at hand sure well we'll certainly check that out grace thank you very much indeed grace watts development director of the british association of music therapists fantastic story in the papers today um, all based around are you being served so if you've never seen the yes. uh, the, the sitcom are you being served this is probably going to go over your head well do you know how ridiculous it is right the talk radio uh, twitter account put out this story before we did it because we're going to talk to ella whelan from spikes.com in a second um they put it out with a picture from Are You Being Served showing Mrs. Slocum holding up a pair of big knickers that says yeah. no parking on them, right? And I'm so now affected by the world in which we live <laughs> that I'm thinking, oh, that's, a bit, that's a bit edgy. Well, you, you know, putting out a picture of Are You Being Served. Well, you remember all the jokes about Mrs. Slocum's female. I do. We can't <laughs> say female, that word. Feline. No. Female Indeed. feline. But they could say it then and nobody <laughs> yeah. took any umbrage. It's amazing, isn't it? Let's talk to Ella and see what she makes of it all. Ella, very good afternoon to you. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. Um, I don't know whether you've uh, seen Are You Being Served? I don't know whether you think this professor's joke about lingerie and a lift is particularly amusing. But, I mean, you know, really? Do we need to get upset about this kind of stuff? (laughs) No, absolutely not. I genuinely cannot believe how humorless the woman who complained about Richard Edlebo's joke is. It's... Uh, astonishing that she has taken it this far. I mean, you could write a sketch show about it. <laughs> the idea that you would try and get someone. Uh, I mean, she's. In fact, we probably should tell the listeners exactly what you know what he did say and what and what happened to him. So he was in a lift at a conference. I mean, again, the irony that at a conference that it was about sort of um, you know international peace studies or you know conf- conflict resolution right uh, he's a 76 year old professor in a lift made a joke about uh, you know press pressing the button to go up to the seventh floor or something and said you know lingerie on the seventh which of course is you know ting ting from you know fans of our from are you being served simona sharoni 57 a professor of women's and gender studies um in uh, merrimack college massachusetts um, Never and heard a of colleague it. and a colleague overheard him and reported him. So didn't just say that, but said nothing at the time. She mm. says she was too stunned right. to say anything, but reported him. And it's got, you know, it's got all, it's got all the. But I mean, who do you report these things to? I mean, if I heard a joke in a lift, I wouldn't know who to report it to, Ella. No, no, you shouldn't report it to anyone. <laughs> and the fact that she didn't say anything at the time, it, uh, that's not an issue either. I mean, the, he, nothing that he did was wrong. Right. And what's far worse than sort of 
being okay say the worst thing that she could have done was be felt slightly uncomfortable about it right and i and i think even that would have been too prudish yeah. words but the, the what people like um simona seem to want is a humorless world is one where you cannot crack jokes where you cannot uh, take risks where you cannot have a laugh with each other. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a it's a great advert, I'm afraid, for women, the kind of people who run women and gender studies, which has become this, you know, which <laughs> should be something quite serious. Yeah, it should be something quite serious, but it's become this farcical kind of. It's like you know, it's it's like the word police. Yeah. I mean, and what is she trying to say that women can't handle this? That mm. women can't handle having a joke? I know many, many bawdy women who have a great laugh with their male colleagues who have fun. I also know women who are able to handle it when guys say things that are out of line. Yeah. This is just, I mean, the fact that this has blown up shows how I think how far a lot of this sort of panic about the relationship between men and women has yeah. gotten to the fact where a comment and a joke uh, in a list can be taken this far. I mean, I'm laughing at it. Actually, you could kind of cry. As yeah, well, you could. Because well, it's, it's it does so seem to be a lot worse in the kind of halls of academia than it is anywhere else, really, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but the, this is the thing. It's totally out of touch with real life. Mm. If you got into the lift at a department store, you you know, anywhere else in pretty much in society, people make jokes, they talk and they have a laugh and people cross lines and all sorts of different types of behaviour happens and people get on with it. No one sort of, it, it, you know, for me, to, to report someone to effectively their boss... Mm is something huge. That is a really yes, it, big deal. And, you know, I, I think that colleagues, just, her colleagues should be having a look at her and saying, you know, what kind of workplace solidarity can I trust you? Yeah. Or if well, I, I, sort of, I love the that, fact you know, that he has refused. So basically what she did, she this, they were all at this big conference um, in San Francisco, the International Studies Association, the ISA. She made a formal complaint to the ISA about this right. joke that he had made in the lift. And the ISA kind of agreed with her and demanded that he apologised. And he has refused quite to right. apologise. Now, of course, if he had apologised, it all would have gone away. But yeah. he quite rightly has said he didn't do anything wrong. And by apologising, mm. he's admitting yeah. that he did do something wrong. Well, exactly. Wrong. Uh, so I love that. And he also made this lovely comment saying that that the international relations scholars, which is what they are, um, know that dialogue is the first step in addressing conflict and coercion the last. Um, yet ISA went right to coercion at the outset. So he's made a brilliant <laughs> political point there yes. as well. I mean, fair play to him. It's very, very uh, seldom that you see the kind of thing is, People say today, people say something, someone says, oh, you can't say that, and then they make a groveling apology. And I hate that even more than the kind of people who are taking offence. I hate the fact that people just fold at the first moment that someone demands an apology. So I'm really glad that he's coming out and saying this because it takes more people with a bit of common sense to say, I'm absolutely not going to be pinned as some kind of horrible, evil yeah. person. But the trouble is, though... Saying, um... doing a very normal interaction. But the trouble is, of course, Ella, as, as Daisy pointed out at the start of this conversation, there are certain jokes that we don't wish to hear, for example, and I say we uh, loosely because I don't necessarily count myself in this, uh, in the sense where I'm, it's very difficult to offend me. I mean, you can say almost anything to me and I don't really care. You know, I don't particularly enjoy watching comedians telling tasteless jokes. I don't particularly like watching anybody tell a racist joke or a homophobic joke or anything like that. But the question is... Um, should they be allowed to do it? Because that's where it starts to get tricky. Oh, no, absolutely. And 
different people will have different things that offend them. I'm not a particular fan of Irish jokes or ginger jokes right. because that personally affects me. And, you know, you could call me humorless in relation to that, but I absolutely think that people should be able to make them. The whole point of comedy is that a good comedy will really upset a third of the room and will make the rest of the room really laugh their backsides off. Mm. And because comedy pushes boundaries and it says the thing you're not meant to say, it gives people a release. That's the whole point. Laughing is the thing you do, but when it's it's a kind of release, it's something that you're not allowed to do all the time. That's what makes it special and enjoyable. So to say that, you know, there are certain jokes that are off limits, it's like saying we're not allowed to have comedy anymore we're not allowed to go there we're not allowed to let ourselves kind of release and the idea that people would be going you know would listen to a racist joke or a homophobic joke and then would go off and be rabid racist or terrible people and do all this kind of stuff it's it's totally out of touch with reality the fact that we can laugh at these kind of um really out there quite hairy jokes means that we are not a society a bigoted society anymore because we can take the mick out of it it's not the case that we're all going around being terrible people so you know if you don't like the joke and it's not funny, don't laugh at it, you know, and it's not for you, but don't try and censor the person telling it because then you go too far, I think. And now it's time for this. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Well, it's that time for me to cast my ears back across the week to bring the very best moments from the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Now, our first award goes to the Toe Curler. This is for the most awkward interview of the week, and it's awarded to Sim Harris of Rail Magazine. Sim, a very good, good morning, uh, morning to you. Thank you for waiting patiently. Hello. Now, listen, I, I, I could only have imagined having a worse day if I was trying to get to Gatwick Airport at the end of it, really. Yes. Now, are you aware of what's going on at Gatwick Airport? I'm perfectly well aware, but I was waiting for a question. So tell us what was going well, on. Well, sometimes because... my questions are in the form of a statement. Uh, just... 4,000 people are thought to have been stranded at, at Victoria, at Gatwick. This is over a bank holiday weekend. Southern Rail, Kel Surprise, even advising some people to avoid Brighton trains due to overcrowding, which is a bit of a bother if you actually live in Brighton. So it's been a bit chaotic. <laughs> has yeah, it not? Um, it has, yes. I'm still waiting for a question I can answer. You're still... OK, well, here's a question. Are you or are you not the editor of Rail News? <laughs> I am. And right. <laughs> He finally answered the question. I've never had anything like it. It's quite pedantic to insist on a question. It really is. I think maybe the whole leading question Mm. or leading statement, uh, he wasn't familiar with that. So uh, congratulations to Sim Harris of Rail Magazine. Now, next up, the former ambassador to the US, Sir Christopher Mayer. He wins the Clarification Award for really telling it how it is. Finally, uh, Bill Clinton uh, was in uh, the White House when you were the, the ambassador for, uh, to the United States from, from the yeah. UK. I mean, he was a guy who uh, did many things that Donald Trump has done, uh, and some might argue did them uh, in more brazenly, if you like, without going into the details this time of the morning. Um, you know, and yet he was a nice guy, so everybody didn't mind. Are we talking about sex? Yeah. <laughs> See, we like that. 
cut, yeah, to, just the cut chase. to the chase. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I was Are dancing around the sex? fire there. You know, that uh, luckily he didn't take that any further. Thankfully, no, no exactly. And for a diplomat, that yes, was unusual indeed. not to not to mince his words. No, quite. As well. So again, congratulations to Christopher Mayer, former ambassador to the US. Now, next up, we need to give Mike an acknowledgement for his voice. Finally breaking. <laughs> oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number to reach Independent Republic of Mike Graham. <laughs> Yeah, I know, think we could call that the Puberty Strikes could, Award. But, you know, funnily enough, when my voice was meant to, it never actually did break like that. It just kind of gradually got did a bit deeper. Yeah. What age do they break? Voices? Well, I think it, it, anywhere. But, I mean, my 13-year-old is starting to get a bit close to it now. It's kind of getting a bit, uh, bit of warbly. And has he got the... Are we allowed to say well, bum, bum fluff on the radio? Well, it's too late now. Um, not quite, but it's kind of what getting there. What I mean, there. just in case people don't know that expression, I mean fuzzy hair on yes. the top lip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Clarification's all required at this time. Uh, so, congratulations to my... Mike for his voice finally breaking, which it didn't do as a teenager. And the award for Slam of the Week goes to me, Daisy McAndrew, my first perrier. The most annoying noise, I will tell you, is angle grinding. You know when you've got somebody... Or it it could be people whinging on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) It was short and to the point. Very much too short to the point, yeah. Too much clarification, I think, there. Well, so I've... uh, Yeah, that was my first perrier. I have broken... Uh, no, I'm not going to go down that no. way, actually. No, no, let's just move swiftly on before I can really get myself into yeah. trouble. And here we have a shout-out to Ms Perry of South London herself, who once again scoops best shut-down gong. One thing that he does do, which we don't like, we're trying to get him out of, is uh-huh. he likes to eat his own doo-doo, which does apparently, he? according to the vet, is very common. Really? And according to the dog trainer, is also very common. Maybe in North Kent it is. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your face. Shut your face. It doesn't take long for her to revert to her roots. Apparently, when they do do that, it's all about what you're feeding them. You well, you know, you that apparently... Well, know. I might tell her that because she was explaining to us that's how she managed to break her collarbone because she was they're trying to stop the dog from doing it, right? And they were at home. She didn't fall face into it, did she? No, she? But, but it's worse than that because what happened was she was running out of the house because she saw he was about to in order to stop him and then tumbled, right, lay there with a broken collarbone. The dog then unfortunately came and started licking her oh, face no! shortly after having done the thing that she was trying to stop it doing. That is That's disgusting. Nice. No. Disgusting. Right, well, from disgusting to rude, rudest mm. comment to a co-host of the week. Well, ruder than that one. Ruder than that one, but it is you again. <laughs> OK. Tut, tut. The roads aren't big enough for all these massive cars. They can't park them. And, uh, you know, surely they're going to be the ones that are the most polluting and they should be taxed for it. You know, if you're pooling around town... Well, so you think it's just tax people with big cars? There's a bit, there's a bit of that in there. Thank I, I think God, that Thank quite God you're not in government anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect that Katie thanks God she's not in government anymore I think she does, yeah, well. absolutely right. So it could be interpreted two ways. Right, moving on, this is our sixth award and it's the Teen Spirit Award for his uncanny Kevin impression. It's you again. <laughs> Safe in the knowledge that you were getting it back and it was going to be fine. No, you just sent your car to Jaguar and it took them how long to get it back to oh. you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's true. Yeah, it does make me sigh. Yeah, yeah. You can see that uh, mm. petulant bottom lip. And finally, dad joke of the week. Could only go to one chap. I was on the phone to Amazon the other day. Two tablets that I ordered for my children for uh-huh. their birthdays didn't turn up. I reckon the courier nicked it. Why are you giving them tablets? Well, just little ones. Oh, and... sorry, I thought you meant, like, pills. No. <laughs> I didn't think that was such a bad yes, joke. Pharmaceuticals yes, for my children. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some people do, you know. They do, particularly at revision time. We've been That's talking right. about music for revision, mm. um, and they're, they're certainly pills for revision. Right, that is it. My first ever Perry Awards. Well, well, well very done. well performed. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. 
The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Dial up some dialogue. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.